Survivor 46 is here and so is On Fire, the only official Survivor podcast. And we have a twist this season. The winner of Survivor 45, D. Vyadaris, will be joining us every week. We're going behind the scenes of the biggest moments, the how and the why things happen, and the strategy and analysis you can only get from someone like me, a Survivor winner. Listen to On Fire, the official Survivor podcast, wherever you get your podcast. This episode is brought to you by Bumble. So you want to find someone you're compatible with, specifically someone who's ready for a serious connection, totally open to having kids in the future, is a tall rock climbing Libra, and loves rom-coms with vegan pizzas on Tuesdays just as much as you do. Bumble knows that you know exactly what's right for you. So whatever it is you're looking for, Bumble's features can help you find it. Date now on Bumble. Let me ask you this, man. You gotta, you gotta keep it a hundred. Remember, you gotta keep it a hundred. I forgot to remind you. I gotta remind you every couple episodes. Keep it. Keep 100. it hundred. <laughs> Tell me the most uncomfortable or, or or fired up conversation you had with someone about the OJ trial. Somebody that that didn't agree with what you what you had to say about it. Hmm. You know what? That and I'll keep it one hundred. I didn't have a conversation with oh, people about it. Oh, they were scared it. to say it then. Because they were scared to say it. Because really yeah, cool. but people, somebody must have felt that. People way. aren't you just wait. The the six eight angry two hundred eighty five pound <laughs> black man isn't the person you need to be arguing with about a damn OJ verdict. That's not the one. The big girls love that. Chicks love the last shot opportunity. Somebody give me a napkin so I can wipe my mouth. I think we have to wait some time because the, the impact of Kobe's death, we're gonna we're gonna feel it later on. It's gonna continue, whether it's other athletes taking their game to another level, dedications, or whether we're talking about how many guys are going to mention Kobe Bryant having a humongous influence. How in many their people are going to be named Kobe? Exactly. I think that it will have Should, a. I LeBron think, James just tatted it to his. I his think body, it you know? will have a huge influence, but I think Magic living and announcing the whole thing about the AIDS virus mm-hmm. probably has affected the world more than even Kobe. I can't think of a moment that has been more like that. All right, most shocking sports moments. Uh, Cedric Maxwell's here. Joseph Pavone, of course. Another episode of Cedric Maxwell Podcast. Uh, we didn't want to rank these, all right? We're going to let you guys do that. We just want to go through them. Uh, it's an episode we wanted to put together. And, and Max, I'll, I'll let you get the floor here because I want to know where you were when uh, Magic Johnson told the world that he was uh, HIV positive. I was actually in Charlotte. I was actually in Charlotte um, when it happened. And, um, and everybody just like... It's almost like the world has stopped. The NBA world, the sports world has stopped. So did you know, you knew that he was going to announce something, but you weren't quite sure because he, he was telling the Lakers, the Lakers were telling everyone that he was sick, right? Because he had been missing a, a series of uh, uh, preseason games, right? Mm-hmm. At that time. I didn't, I had no idea that that was going to happen. So you didn't know about the announcement? Because I know it was, it was last minute. Everyone's like, oh, imagine going to tell everybody something. But you know, we emergency talk, press conference. But we talk about that. But was that moment bigger than the OJ? Trial and announcement. 
I would say it's almost neck and neck because well, there's two. It's twofold, right? Because one is the impact of the announcement, and the other one is the way people followed the coverage night after night, every day of the trial. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. Right. So that was that was more ongoing. Whereas but, but I'm Magic's talking about but I'm impact. talking about the, dividing the country. Nobody's going to say anything about Magic dividing the country. Okay. Well, it, OJ, elaborate on that one. OJ's. I know how OJ. OJ. Things down well, Magic didn't divide the country because Magic was announcing that he had the AIDS virus and he's going to have to walk away from the game, and everybody assumed that Magic Johnson would be dead by now, but he showed people that they could live with the AIDS virus mm-hmm. and prosper. So, from a benefit of the world, that probably was maybe one of the biggest sports things that I can remember in my lifetime. The most divisive to me would have probably had to been the OJ trial. The most sentimental to me had to be Kobe's death. Now, we can argue the point, you come up with something else, but I don't know with those three moments that you're going, wow. That you sat back, he, Kobe's Kobe's death made everybody just sit back in their seat and slump down. Mm-hmm. Magic's Magic's announcement just made everybody go, "Oh my God!" Magic's going to die. People, Magic's going, going to die. Yeah. OJ's trial, oh hell, that was the word. <laughs> That's the word that comes to your mind. Oh, hell. Yeah, but that just started beforehand, right? The, the Bronco chase. The Bronco. You know, he had to turn himself in. Everything about that. Wow. You think about the announcement when, you think about the announcement when they showed OJ and they said OJ was innocent. People were literally in, in one moment were sitting there on their seats, pins and needles waiting for the announcement. Damn. If you're sitting there, you, and I know you weren't. Well, your age wasn't. Yeah, that no, age, I was, I was you're not. Kid, you're not yeah. age appropriate. But yeah. for people my age and 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 maybe you know maybe ten years older than you, that was one of the things that just rang out that resonated. That I can remember where I was sitting, what I was doing when that announcement was being made. Remember, all the radios were on, all the television was were on. Everybody was sitting in rooms. They were having watch parties. Mm-hmm. People outside the courtroom. People, black people, when the announcement came, people of color were cheering and yelling like they had, like they had won the mega millions or something. <laughs> like that was the and, and, and people who were white were just crying and yeah. just, oh my God, how could he get, and it was, it, it, it divided the country in a way in a sports moment, which we say OJ was a sports person that I don't think I've ever seen before, other than maybe what's going on now with Donald Trump, but just dividing this country. Wow, that was that was a poignant moment. Did you follow the case the way everyone else? No, did? the best thing about this, I'll, I'll give you a little footnote to all this. I was in um, I was in the Bahamas. I was at the Atlantis Hotel, uh, and um, you know hanging out with some friends and I was with this young lady and we were going, we we're going to go on this boat cruise and I'm walking and all of a sudden she said, he said hi to you. And I'm like, who? And I turned around and it was OJ. <laughs> and he was with this young white girl. Of course it was. <laughs> what was the, the irony of that? 
girl, what's wrong? Oh, girl, what's wrong with you? What's wrong with you, girl? Oh, so that was that was been the footnote to me of that. Like, run, run, girl, get out of here. Uh, they're like, who to get there? Run, man. Go to bed like your boy, you know, uh, Tom Hanks. Run, Forrest, run. So that was the footnote to for me was the fact that I saw OJ in the Bahamas maybe two two years after that, two or three years after that, and had and had lunch with Johnny Cochran in Miami right after the trial was over. Man. So I had a I had a almost like a, a front row, front row seat to the aftermath. Right. About you know, just how people were just so stunned and how people were you know, just so divided. It was, you know, it, it was just crazy. You hear Dave Chappelle talk about that today. All oh, the time that he's, he's yeah, ran into when him. he's yeah. ran into OJ, yeah. and how could, how dare you speak to him? And now that I <laughs> sorry, but, uh, <laughs> he, he got a Heisman Trophy. Yeah, that man, that man ran. A, <laughs> so that man um, ran for four thousand yards. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but then you we're, we're and then we're not we're not forgetting that two people. Died in that, right? But we don't know who killed him. You think OJ's innocent? I I don't know. I just have my problem was I had problem with the whole blood finding one drop of blood on him, or in the Bronco, or whatever one in drop. The Bronco, yeah. When you 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 haven't been around animals or anything, but when you the, the way that woman was killed and the way Ron Goldman was killed. There's going to be blood splattering every place. And there's going to be more than one drop of blood. So that to me was really had me confused. Well, there's two You things. remember the thing about Ron, uh, about, um, what was the detective? I, I won't I, I'll forget his name. Oh, Furman. Furman. Well, Have no, you the- ever used the N-word? <laughs> nope. <laughs> Have you ever, let me ask you again. Have you ever used the N-word? No, I haven't. I'll keep the tapes. Wait a minute. I'll keep the tapes. <laughs> you want to hear what you got to say here? <laughs> this is you, and here's the N word. <laughs> like, so it was, it was just so divisive in so many ways. Well, to me, the two biggest problems with the prosecution was the way they handled the blood, the way they handled the evidence. Cochran and his team made a strong case that they could have literally just put blood all over the place. They, they had, they had, uh, pictures of a, 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 a speck of blood in one spot and the next day it wasn't there. It was very odd. And then the way they handled the blood and they didn't know who was the one handling it and all that. I, and I, then there's a DNA aspect to it. People didn't really understand DNA yet. That yeah. the, the jury, you know, it was still premature. You know, if this, if this case is in, you know, 2005 as opposed to the mid nineties, maybe so people have a better understanding of it. But yeah, they, they, uh, I mean, they poke holes in their story. And of course they used the race card and that was ultimately, <laughs> What, what 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 helped OJ in the end, you know? And this it's captivating think, stuff. Think about that. All those people who became watch all the documentaries. Right? Darden crazy. Darden became famous. Mm-hmm. Marshall Clark was. Oh, famous. you know why Darden was there, though, right? For a while. You know I mean, why he was there, man. He was a black man there. Yeah, they looked at the jersey like, man, we need a black guy here. We need, <laughs> we need our our Johnny Cochran. Yeah, that's but what, that's what know, they tried to get. That's what they tried then, to do. Then you go Johnny Cochran, how good he was mm-hmm. with the rhymes. If it if it if it doesn't fit, you must you must quit. That is still. Do you, the, do you know what Darden did though? One of the first days of the case, 
he was trying to he made a case to the judge saying that no one should mention uh, race or the n-word because they won't be able to, to the, the jury the black jurors won't be able to look past that and john crockett is like man you don't think the jurors know what it's like to be black every single day the stories that they've been through, yeah. and you're saying that they will be so fixated on, you know, the N-word and, and, and that kind of connotation. They live it every single day. Like, that was such a yeah. interesting moment, in my opinion. But then they got the jury, the, the jurors were basically his peers. Yeah. There were people in the community. They were in L.A. That they got a lot of these people at. Yeah, so that's why so when they people were, of color, and then when they did the next one, they were out in the valley someplace. <laughs> it's like, okay, <laughs> get out the city, get downtown. Yeah, <laughs> you can't be downtown. You know what Cochran did too? When they went to OJ's house, man, he changed everything on the walls. He put OJ with a bunch of black friends, and he put like all these like stuff that came straight from Africa. Like it was like the blackest house all of a sudden. <laughs> When everyone knew damn well that OJ would not be having all that stuff on the yeah, wall, man. Yeah, yeah. You know what? You talk about divisive. For me, the most divisive story in sports was with Colin Kaepernick, the Black Lives Matter movement, and all that, man. I was, that was good. I, I was fired up. That was the most divisive I remember, especially in today's uh, today's day where, where social media. We just talked about social media and how how um, everyone is on there, and people are very courageous on social media, Max. I'm sure you know that. Man, just to hear people that I've known or have went to school with and to find out how they really feel well, was devastating. Yeah, man. but you know what? It was really devastating. And, and you say that, but it is a different era. Just think if Muhammad Ali had lived during this era and did the same thing and said, I am not fighting in the war oh, man. because it was a draft. You think about how he would have been perceived now. He was already hated at that time. Wow. Yeah. That was that. And you know, you, you, and then it just brings me to, you know, all these things we talk about. And it puts me in so many ways where I look at you and I'm going, I see such a difference between you and I when I look at the history of some sports. Mm -hmm. When I say one of the greatest moments in sports to me had to be Joe Frazier, and Muhammad Ali fighting their first fight in Madison Square Garden. Two undefeated heavyweight champions. That to me was like, and you had, you know, closed circuit TV. Couldn't watch it in your home. Wasn't no, wasn't no, um, pay -per -view. a pay-per-view or nothing like that. But that was a moment where I look back in time and going, wow. That, and you don't even know anything about it. Nothing. Or, or the Olympics, uh, and, um, Mexico City in 1964, um, John Carlos uh, and his partner put their hand up and put the black fist on their their and raised their hand in the Olympic Village and got thrown out of the village. There's so many times between my age group and your age group, and like you said, yours is more about Kaepernick. What mm -hmm. happened? Mine would be history reflecting a little bit further back. Yeah. That's accurate. Absolutely. When we're talking about racial tension, I can't imagine, I can't think of another time uh, throughout my life where I, I felt it more, that, that, that divisive, uh, right down the middle between, between minorities and, and Well, I, I think the biggest thing it was about, the Black Lives Matter movement. Yeah, but I think even more so, which came into play. Well, I can't get over it. I still can get over it, man. Well, people were getting killed on camera. Well, it's all over for people to yeah, watch. It was, but I think more, well, just disturbing people to me, 
was the fact that Donald Trump spiced that up. Oh, absolutely. He used it to his advantage. He used it to his advantage by, you know, turning, right. uh, you know, things like that. Saying know? things that no one had ever seen a politician go out and say, and that's what helped get him into off, get him into a White House, man. I like, uh, you know, you think about it. You think about when he said that time in uh, Charlottesville, when the girl got killed by a car, uh, guys speeding down in Charlottesville, Virginia, and uh, the guy comes in and hits her with a car, and, and they ask uh, President Trump, so how do you feel about that? He said, well, there were good people on both sides. Oh, my gosh, man. Both sides. It's sad, man. There was a, a woman who got killed by a neo-Nazi. Nobody else got killed but her. It's like, this isn't about your political agenda. This is about being a decent human being. Yeah. Like, just yeah. put that shit to the side for yeah. a second. And yeah. that's what drives me crazy yeah. about uh, diehard right-wing uh, supporters that, that just can't look at something from human decency aspect as opposed to saying, no, I, I can't say this or I can't say this is wrong because it goes against my political affiliation. Well, you can go on with Ann Coulter. She told LeBron, shut up and dribble. That to me was just as maybe one of the Don't. most one of one of the most insulting things that I could think of. Mm-hmm. When you have a have somebody talk about LeBron James could not talk about anything political because he was he was just a, a big strong black athlete. Mm-hmm. Then it's all you need to do. You right. just shut up and dribble. Right. That to me is insulting mm-hmm. from a person's intelligence right. that you're going to say that about somebody else when there were no facts that he got wrong. Right. He just gave his opinion about the president. So, I mean, sports has tied all of this together. But again, I I don't see a more divisive moment than the OJ trial. And I don't see a more sympathetic thing other than the Kobe Bryant. But I don't see anything affecting the world as much as maybe Magic Johnson's announcement and the way he's lived throughout this time. With the AIDS virus, I think those are the biggest ones. Yeah, I think we just went through them. Yeah, definitely. Let me ask you this, man. You got you got to keep it a hundred. Remember, you got to keep it a hundred. I forgot to remind you. I got to remind you every couple of episodes. Keep it. Keep 100. it hundred. <laughs> Tell me the most uncomfortable or, or or fired up conversation you had with someone about the OJ trial. Somebody that, that didn't agree with what you what you had to say about it. Hmm. You know what? That and I'll keep it one hundred. I didn't have a conversation with oh, people they were scared about to say it then. Because they were scared to say because, it. Really yeah, felt. but people, somebody must have felt that. People way. aren't you just wait. The the six eight angry two hundred and eighty five <laughs> pound black man isn't the person you need to be arguing with about a damn OJ verdict. That's not the one. You talk to somebody your size and what at no, five no, what no, 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 no. are you five eight? Yeah. Five yeah. eight I'll, I'll take that. One sixty five. One seventy. One seventy. That's the person you talk to. One seventy so good. You don't come at the six eight, two hundred and eighty five pound no, black Max, man Max, saying the hell with you and this, that and that. You don't do that. No, listen, Max, but this is this goes back to my point that I mentioned earlier. Twitter fingers. That's what people have now. That's the, that's the tough thing to do. When you're behind a computer screen, when you're behind a phone screen, that's when everyone's a real tough guy. Dude, that's, that's when they really want to say how they feel. Dude, but they're the, not going to have that conversation with you face to face. That's the same thing you see when people are, are in cars who have road rage. Oh, yeah. People say the people, most messed up yeah, shit they can think of when they're behind they're a wheel. They're in a wheel of a car. Like, well, that's, that's the point you're supposed to be yeah, the most responsible, right? That's, they think they're in a tank. <laughs> <laughs> and they're not going to ever have to get out. 
I remember following that guy one time. I had like the wrong person. I, I followed him and, and, and banged on his window. He wouldn't even turn around and look at me. He was blowing his horn because I didn't know which way I was going. And then when he blew his horn, I got mad and I followed this dude. And, and pulled up to him and light and banged on his window like, and what now? So. I think that's just crazy. When you got out the car and he saw how tall you were, he was all oh, shit. The six I eight, fucked the wrong one. Six that's eight, the wrong one. Two hundred and eighty-five pound black man. That's not the pretty sight coming at you. <laughs> he's, he's not the one. Oh, he ain't the one. He ain't the one. Is is that Joe Sway right there? Maybe I'll you I'll get him. Five eight, one seventy-five, soaking wet. Oh, I'll give him the hands though. Yeah, yeah. Don't sleep on him. Come on. Yeah. Don't don't let this don't let the statue fool no, you. No, I ain't talking about the statue. I'm just talking about that's know, how that's how that would be. So I don't ever remember having the conversation with that's interesting anybody about you know who killed did OJ kill anybody? No, nobody ever came with me like that. When, when the Kaepernick thing was going on, police brutality and all that, man. Oh, that, but oh yeah, but you don't know what really happened. What do you mean? I don't know what happened. It's on video. You just watched him choke the guy out. You don't, you, you got to realize I can't breathe. the way you are treated as an individual is completely different. And, and I acknowledge this. I am not the average black person. That's a good point. I am a celebrity. That's a good point. So people treat me completely different than they would the average person of color. Yeah, that's a good point. Or the average person of size. That's a good point. You don't come at me that Because, Max, way. I'll tell you this, man. I can give you three or four full episodes of encounters I've had with police. You know? Mm. Out in college, in Boston, or in the greater Boston area. How many times I've been pulled over for no reason? Because the car I was driving, or the way I was dressed. So it hit close to home. And yeah. when people start talking the way they were talking, and it's just like, no, man, you don't understand. You don't get it, man. When a, a cop pulls up behind you, how scared you can, I, you can be. I, well, you man. know what? I know what I do. And I advise my sons to do the same thing. If you are stopped by a police officer, put your hands outside the window. These are my hands. Mm-hmm. Unless I'm an octopus. It's the only way that I can attack you. Now, I was pulled over. You said you, you're pulled over. I was pulled over like that in, uh, out in Lexington. So Max, I was pulled over on foot, man. That, that was the best, that, that was the, the craziest one, man. I was pulled over on foot. Like, hey man, you know, what you doing? What you doing in school? You don't go to school here, man. Show, show me your college ID. Wow. Craziness, man. I don't think I'm pulled over. I was pulled over in Lexington. And, um, I was pulled over out near Hanscom, excuse me. And I got pulled over by a park ranger for speeding. He came up to the car. I have never been so, at first I got the, the team plane had left me and they had left like early and there was nothing I could do about it. So I had to, I had to drive to Philly. So I come out, out of Hanscom airports, air force base and driving at a good rate because I'm finna go to the highway and I got to get to Philly now uh, for a game. This guy pulls me over and he walks up to my car and he asks me, you know how fast you were going? What the hell? And here's my response. <laughs> what the hell you mean? You got the damn radar. You tell me how fast I was going. <laughs> now the next thing <laughs> really pissed me. me off. The next question was, where are you going? 
What the hell do you mean? Where the hell I'm going there? You don't ask me where I'm going. You just write the damn ticket. <laughs> you don't got to ask me all these damn questions. So I do understand and have been in those situations. Yeah, man, it's frustrating. And I've been in those situations where your celebrity goes before you. Mm. I was pulled over in um, in Cambridge on um, on on uh, Mass Ave. Not Mass Ave. Um, Memorial Drive. Okay. And it was actually a black trooper pulled pulled over, pulled and it's late at night, and I am uh, going to um, taking Sean Grandy home, my broadcast partner. It's about two o'clock in the morning. Stady pulls up on me, turns the lights on, comes up to my car. He says, "License registration." I said, "Well, my my license are in my trunk." He didn't even really look at me. A license in my trunk. So he said, "Well, get get your license." So I get out. He has his hand like on his gun and like looking at me. My heart is thumping right now. Just listen to this. Yeah, looking at me. And I go in, I get my license. He still has his hand on his gun. I can tell he has his hand on his gun. I hand him my license. Slowly. Slowly <laughs> hand him my license. He looks at my license and says, Max, that's you? I'm sorry, <laughs> man. My bad. <laughs> go, go where you going. <laughs> I'm sorry. <laughs> I didn't mean to stop you. My bad, bro. So there's a celebrity that comes along with it sometimes, which can be a good thing. Yeah. I've never had it like you where you said, you know, what are you doing here? That would that would have probably just oh yeah, disturb me yeah, if you had a That'd bite my tongue a lot. You know? What'd you say to him when he said that? You know, so you went to what are you doing here? I didn't want to show him. I said, Why do I have to show you my I, I go to school here? He goes, you know, he called me some other name. Apparently, he had confused me with someone they had kicked off a of campus because it's Springfield is a, is a pretty hood place, okay. and, and the, the college is right in the middle of the city. And it's like he was convinced I was somebody else, and I'm like, come on, man! Like, I go to school here, man. I'm a, I'm, I'm a senior too. I'm like, I've been here. Like, I've been this is my fourth year here. And tell finally, me the dorms. This dorm, this dorm, this dorm, and this dorm. Okay. <laughs> Finally, I give it to him. I'm like, this guy's, I don't know what he's going to do next. I'll give him my school ID. All right. You're all set. He gets into his car. There's a another officer behind him. This guy is black. He's looking at me just like, just looking at me. Not not even like, sorry, bro. My bad, man. None of me. Like, on behalf of my partner over here, just looking at me. I go, this is fucking bullshit. That's just all I said. Well, you know, there's... I'm a, on foot, Max. Like, I'm not even in a car, man. That was a story... It ran up on me. There was a story in Charlotte where I came out two stories. One was we, me and this white guy that I went to school with, we go on a Dunkin'... We go on a Krispy Kreme oh, you saw uh, run yeah, late yeah, at night. Right. So we go to Krispy Kreme late at night, fresh hot donuts. You leave there at 2 o'clock in the morning. We're riding down the street, going back our campus is 30 minutes away. We're five minutes into leaving Krispy Kreme. All of a sudden, these police come every place. It's like maybe 20 police cars, all of them, you know, guns drawn. And, you know, you can hear them, get out of the car, get out of the car, hands up. <laughs> so the white guy I was with, he gets out of the car. He yeah, stands up. That's a good move right there. He, he stands <laughs> up. And then he said, the next guy, you get out of the car. I get out of the car. And you hear the guy on the the, the uh, megaphone all of a sudden going, "He's too tall, Joe. He's too tall." 
and then, and then, the description. And then they the just, they just, as soon as quick as that happened, they buzzed off. And me and him were sitting outside the car, just like looking at each other, like in, like in shock. Yeah. So yeah, there's a thing about what police. if you weren't too tall, Max? Well, what, was, what could have happened in that situation? Well, you know there, I mean? there was a, there was another incident in Charlotte at that time where my buddies and I, we were riding from campus. And going to the nearest McDonald's, had to go a little bit into the city. And we had this guy who's in front of us, a white guy who's in front of us. We were blowing our horn, laughing at him. And beside us was a police car, Charlotte police car. And so, for whatever reason, we look over at the police officer. It was like two of them in the car. The police officer is giving us the finger. <laughs> so, the guy I was with, and I'm petrified now, the guy I was with, all of a sudden gives a police officer the, oh, the middle finger. Man. And the light changes. We go and they turn on the light. Immediately. Yeah, immediately. Come in behind us and the guy walks up to me and I, and he, he called me at a young age and I was intimidated. I was like maybe about 18. He's like, he said, you ever had your head busted, boy? Oh shit. I'm like, how did I know of that? So I was thinking in my mind. <laughs> But it was one of, but it was one of those things where they harassed us yeah. for no reason. No, it's like they wanted to trigger you well, there to was do something some, wrong. There man. was some harassment. So I think we've all been in it. You know, me so being a celebrity. Little, so what happened? They just they just little confrontation. No, they kept just moving. Confrontation. You know, you know, Bella, you better not do that again. You know that kind of stuff. So you know, I just I've been in those situations where I look and uh, you know I've had all that before to me. So. I think that it can be um completely different. I'll show you something that, you know, that was that I and I want to get your opinion on it when you look at it. This was a sign that I used to look at when I used to go when we used to travel and we were in North Carolina. And what does that sign say? Wow. Oh my gosh. This is clan country. Love it or leave it. That was in North Carolina. Help fight communism and integration. Right. That was in the city of Smithfield, North Carolina. That was coming into the city. This is 1971. This isn't even like they didn't take that sound. That they didn't take that sign down until 1977. Wow. We're gonna pull. We're we're gonna make sure. We're gonna make sure we post this one. This gives you the Yeah, but this is a a sign of a Ku Klux Klan country, and they got a guy on a horse. And with the whole, you know, cross, and that's a, right there, that's actually, you see at night, that's actually a cross. Yeah, you know, they, like they put it, it in your yard. Yeah, yeah. yeah, that would be a cross that they put in your, that was in the city. That's how segregation was in my face compared to, you know, maybe yeah, you in was your in, face. He was in the South, man. That's yeah. a whole nother. But no, not really. You think about, they just did a Heroes Among Us at the Boston Garden yeah, I saw that, uh, yeah, last yeah. week. Yeah, yeah. And they showed the gentleman, and I was introduced to him. I was like, um, you know, here's Dr. I, I forgot what his name is. We'll get mm-hmm. his name. He said uh, he's a professor at, uh, in, in, in Harvard. In Harvard, I'm like, oh, okay, nice. He said, you you might know him uh, with with the picture that he has of him. I'm like, what picture is that? And they show me the picture of him being stabbed by the American flag. Oh, that's him in that picture. That's him 
on and it was wow. right there at City, City Hall. Hall, yeah. City Hall. Yeah. And this was That's an infamous picture. Yeah. And that was when I got here or, or just before yeah. I got here. That's from the busing. Yeah. The, from the, bus from the whole busing incident. And this Boy, guy God. was being stabbed with the American flag. So we've seen so many different things. I mean, I know we've touched on all these different subjects, but they're all interested in their own way. Right. And people don't understand why people sometimes of color are so angry. Right. Are they angry right. about how, how, right. how there is a, um, there's, it's, you're not, sometimes you're just not treated fairly. Yeah. And I think the problem is, it goes back to what we were saying in the very beginning. It's like, just put your political beliefs to the side for a second and take things case by case. Yeah. You know? And I feel like they, it, it's hard for particular people to do that because they, they don't want to believe that this kind of stuff still happens. Could you imagine a white person being in your position and the police coming up here, coming up to him saying, hey, who are you? Yeah, show me some school doing? ID. You don't go to school. Yeah. They would have been like, right. yeah, imagine. <laughs> you don't get the hell out of here <laughs> right now. Right now. Hey, buddy. Hey, buddy. What's wrong with you, pal? All right, no more school loans. Yeah, yeah, right yeah. Now, yeah. Man, don't mess with me, man. Yeah, you come to see you trying to finish yeah, up. Man. Don't you come, fuck you, with me, you man. coming up? You come at me like that. So I think that you know I'm that's twenty-one year old Joe Sway, man. Yeah, yeah, that's a different whole, person back yeah, then. Yeah, <laughs> the whole thing about it, which is completely different. Yeah, man, we're talking about a, a situation where you don't know what's going to happen. Well, I think you're treated. I, I think so. When you see stuff like this on, on you know, a national uh, platform. It resonates with you. It, it makes you angry, you know, because you've been in those similar situations where things could have went that route. Or you think about the guy at the time when they were choking him out. That's what I'm talking Don't about. breathe. I can't breathe. No, I can't breathe. And then LeBron James and the those guys who wear those shirts that say, I can't breathe, and you know. And they don't want oh, you to man. have a political view about your community. No. That to me is, and that's when Trayvon they, Martin, like that's no one can one, sympathize Trayvon with Trayvon Martin. Martin. Yeah, I, and that's what I get with LeBron James. LeBron James, other than Muhammad Ali, has he been like the most, I mean, critical person about society that we know? I'd say so. Person of color? Yeah. If we're talking about the last 15 years, especially with everything that's been going on, I'd say he's been in the forefront for sure. And he continues to, to have that dialogue and that conversation. I mean, because you didn't see Kobe with that platform. You didn't see Michael with that platform. Mm-hmm. Kaepernick... Right. Had that platform. Correct, yeah. But LeBron James even took up his mantra. He, he took up the whole thing about him. And yeah. So I, I just think it's really different when you think about how we're talking about, a, about all these subjects and we'll bring them all together in full circle. But, man, it's just it, the the dynamics of it. Right. But it's, uh, it's incredible how sports can bring that full circle. But sometimes sports can be real life. Exactly. It can be real life. It, you know, can, it can be real. Not just a game. It can be real life. And that's why it was so insulting to me to hear that woman saying, shut up and dribble. Right. It was just, it was one of the most insulting things that I could ever think that I've heard. But it goes to show you how people can just gloss and, over someone so inspirational for an entire generation, and, entire culture. And, and culture. And culture. And culture. That's, that's her name. Yeah. That said, you know, shut up and dribble. And here's a guy who went to Akron. And put his money where his mouth was mm-hmm. and has a school and is graduating kids to be model citizens and to give them an education. I promise school, yep. 
That, that to me is like you, 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 you slap at a whole generation of people. You slap at a whole race of people when you say "shut up and dribble." That to me is just you know unfair. Yeah, especially yeah. coming from you, you know. Someone yeah, what's who played it? the game was an NBA. Yeah, but you see, care about these issues. But what I, if someone told you that. But, <laughs> but, but, playing but you know, you say we say that, and it brings me to even a more chilling thing for me. It was uh, one of my my second year here as a broadcaster. I had a uh, a gentleman who was um, uh, a sports writer here, and he was a black one. Howard Manley wrote a article about me being an, uh, a broadcaster and he said I was the professor of Ebonics how does that even get by an editor, an editor yeah. who ran that who, how does he get by hey I got a story up in the right here you know hey you want to proofread this okay I got uh, Sergio Maxwell is the poo, professor of Ebonics now for me it was a great learning lesson because I knew I had to be better. I wasn't mm-hmm. as good or as polished uh, in my position, but I just felt so insulted that this black man would come out of his mouth and say that. And that's why I think people felt the same way about me when I made the joke, uh, which wasn't a joke, about Violet Palmer. Right, bacon and eggs. And bacon and eggs. I said, hey, go back to the kitchen, make me bacon and eggs. I wasn't really, and, and get it on the record now, I wasn't talking about her. What I was talking about, and I did my voice like Tommy, ah, uh-huh. go back to the, go back to the kitchen, make me some bacon. Yeah. I was, I was mocking Tommy because Tommy didn't like female officials. Well, he would say some racy stuff. <laughs> yeah. Tommy has, but that, that isn't even the issue, but right. he didn't no, like. No, no, I know, but that's what you were getting at. He didn't like female officials, right. and that's where I was going. Right. But, I can understand why people were mad with me because I was supposedly slapping at a black woman, which if you know me, mm. I would never do right. because I knew how hard it was for her to get to her position and be taken seriously and to be taken seriously and to get there, the work and the dedication that she had to do. She had to be the first black female official to get in that position. That to me was incredible. So I wasn't making, if you, if anybody ever went back and listened to our broadcast, uh, that broadcast in particular, we were just saying that she was the best person on the floor at that time and mm-hmm. making calls. So, uh, you know, I know we, we've, we, we've gotten off subject, but these yeah, are, bit. these are things which, you know, have touched me over the years. Yeah, definitely. And made me who I am and, you know, and try to be inclusive, try to be an understanding of all people and what they, what they want and what they need. But at the same time, I can say I've been on the side where I have been discriminated against mm-hmm. and I've been persecuted. So especially in the eye of public opinion, you yeah, know, that, yeah. that's the one that really will get to you. Mm-hmm. You know, we talked about from the beginning, you know, this is the, the most devastating sports stories that, that we're talking about right now. And, and when we brought up Kobe Bryant before we started recording, I, I feel like we don't have to wait to see the impact of it. I mean, obviously, there's a huge impact already, but. I think there's an overall picture moving forward. And if I were just to ask you, what, what would you say would be the ripple effect in your you opinion? You know what? That's going to be interesting because I think Kobe Bryant did, was doing a lot of things for females, his daughter, for NBA, for WNBA, WNBA basketball. Yeah. Um, 
it'll be interesting to see how far that goes. Mm-hmm. But that's why I said his story was big, but the story wasn't as big as Magic's story. Right. Because of the people that, that it affected. That's interesting because I'm, I'm wondering if someone will, will take that baton, you know, yeah. and keep that moving. Yeah. Maybe LeBron James, maybe another uh, top-notch athlete or best one of the best NBA players will, will, well, will keep that moving. Well, Kobe, he made the statement saying that there were three uh, WNBA women who could play professional basketball. Now, that's his opinion. He said Maya Moore uh, was one, maybe Candace, Candace Parker, Parker yeah. uh, maybe somebody else like that. But I think it, for me, it will be difficult because of the strength guys have over women. Mm-hmm. So I don't, I didn't, I didn't agree with him on that. They have a great skill set, but I don't think that they could play in the NBA. Okay. And this is just my personal feeling because the physique, the, the physique. well, yeah, the physicality mm-hmm. of the game, yeah. I think would be too much for them. Yeah, because guys are bigger than ever. Oh God, it's crazy. God, can you imagine one of those, one of those young ladies being teamed up with Joel Embiid in the post? <laughs> Or, you know, or, or LeBron, LeBron James. <laughs> running downhill. Running, you know, coming, at, coming at them full speed. The honest and the fact I mean, I mean, the strongest guy has a problem with that. <laughs> I'm not talking about the, a, a woman who is a lot less, who is not as strong or as quick as these guys mm-hmm. trying to contain that, that kind of player. I understand where Kobe went. I understand his, his, um, Vision. His vision. Yeah. But right now, I don't see that woman who, who could do that. Okay. Well, we'll see. We'll see. I, I know for, from a personal standpoint, man, I, I'm just, I'm hoping this isn't going to be temporary, but I'm just trying to take every day, approach every day like it's, like my, my last. Like, what do you, what do you see? What, what was your vision that he saw that changed it, that makes you think that the world is going to change? I just think. You? For athletes and guys in the NBA, I, I just, I mean, look, I could be wrong here, but I just feel like taking it another level, you know, staying, spend, spending more time in the gym or whether it's putting your phone down and not doing social media and putting a workout in. Like, there's a funny meme that came out. Mamba mentality. Mamba mentality. That's what I'm talking about. It was a funny meme that came out that said, um, you know, it's probably a couple of days removed from, from after his death and it was, uh, while y'all down there crying, Kobe's looking up there like, you need to go to the gym. <laughs> like, that's his mentality. Like, Kobe would want that. Kobe would want everyone to just keep, like, go harder now. You know, use, oh, yeah. use, use my, my passing as a, as a motivation to, to, to reach your goals or whatever you're trying to get done in your life. Well, that, now that, that part I do understand because Michael Jordan said you're going to be, have to use your, he was congratulating on Kobe when he retired. And he said, now you're going to have to go out and use those same juices. Uh, competitive juices to take it into another arena. And it looks like he had done that mm-hmm. by winning the Academy Award. Um, but there were so many people, Josue, that still look at the celebration of Kobe's, Kobe Bryant's life as sacrilegious. It's like this, this wasn't right mm-hmm. because they go back to let, it goes back to the Bible, let he be without sin cast the first, first stone, stone. <laughs> and that that to me that's it and that's what it. we did we saw him grow as a per- we're not we're not letting him off of what happened mm-hmm. and his indiscretions no but what we're doing we're talking about his growth later on as a person as a man as a father you know dad 
You know, so we we saw. A whole, I I happen to see a whole another side of him, right. and I hope that maybe that's it. Maybe that part will be the thing that would resonate to people. Mamba mentality. Maybe that's it, because that's all you see about right now is LeBron James had it on his shoe. Mamba for life. The big girls love that. Chicks love the last shot opportunity. Somebody give me a napkin so I can wipe my mouth. Ah.